I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me once again are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Christopher. How are we this evening? We are good. Good. Well, that's good. Yeah, excellent. I'm, I'm well, Chris. I'm uh, well. well. Yes, doing well. That's the that's the right way to she say that. Sound like Coach Carrote. Well, we're doing well. Well, well. In all three phases of the game, we're doing well. <laughs> Which you know isn't always the case with our kiddos, right? Yeah. That's oh my true. gosh, what a tra- masterfully <laughs> transitioned, you're, Christopher you're very, Turner. This is why I get paid the big bucks. That's, that's right, right. It is. She didn't even give you Cheetos yet, did I? <laughs> I know. I don't even get snacks of any sort. So sorry. That's okay. Uh, that's usually the pay, we but will, you we know. Will, we will power through. <laughs> we'll well, power we we through. have peeled back the curtain on how things work around here. <laughs> Cheetos and chocolate, that's what we pay. <laughs> so we're taking donations now for the Empowered Parent Podcast. <laughs> right. um, make the checks spell to Christopher Turner. <laughs> Care of. Uh, that's funny. But, uh, you know, recently we talked about... Uh, the brain again yeah. because it's super important to understanding the workings of it yep. in terms of relationship to our kids and the biggest driver for our kids to fall back to their downstairs brain is fear mm-hmm. and a, a lack of felt safety so i thought that we should probably talk about that since it plays such a huge role in keeping our kids in their downstairs brains all the time can i can i be confessional to 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 start off sure uh, when we first encountered, um, you know, ETC and TBRI and connected parenting, or, or, or you know, all the ways we encountered that, this idea of felt safety was was one of the hardest for me to to conceptualize. Now, I don't feel like I'm an unintelligent person, but I did really feel unintelligent around felt safety. Yeah, uh, this idea of feeling safe versus being safe, and and one of the mis- the traps we fell into early in our parenting is we believe the. Um, you're no longer in the situation that caused you distress. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. We've changed yeah. your address. Yep. Everything's fine. And then we would be distressed because, like, why are we not seeing um, the commensurate improvement in behaviors that should go along with having us us having changed your address? Yeah, right. Or um, giving you three meals a day and snacks. Three and squares all that. a day. <laughs> right. Snacks every two hours. Right. Your own bed. Sleep, you know all right. of these things that. Let's be honest, folks. We all get caught up in right. And yep. so. Um, you know, one of the ways that, that makes the most sense to me um, is is when it comes to cars versus airplanes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I read a survey that twenty five percent of Americans said they were afraid of flying. It's one out of every four. And you were one of them. I used to be. Yeah. Yes, that's. Ver- I used to very much be. Um, for those of you excited about the uh, the Downton Abbey movie coming out this summer, <laughs> I should very much think so that I was afraid of flying. Is it this summer? Ooh. I think it's this summer. Ooh, I'm excited. about Oh, that. we can do an episode on that. <laughs> But we digress. <laughs> no, we won't. Uh, so, uh, we'll have to start a new podcast for that. Is yeah, that what you're, you're saying? Start, start Ryan and Kayla discuss Downton Abbey. Um, by the way, if you listen to this, um, go to the the, pod, the Facebook group and just let us know in the comments how much you like Downton Abbey so Chris will be compelled to participate. Um, but again, we digress for a second time. Um, so the way that it makes the most sense to me is 25% of Americans are afraid of flying. And um, like hardly anybody's afraid of driving. Uh, but statistically, you're safer in the airplane 
in right. the air than you are in your car between your front door and the airport. Right. But that doesn't matter yeah. because you feel safer in the car than you do in the airplane. And we all know why you feel safer in the car in three, two, one, because you're in control. You're in control, you're in control in the car. Yeah. Which is why um, when your children are really trying to, you feel like your kids are trying to control your home, the answer isn't to let them know you're large and in charge. It's to ask yourself, okay, if they're trying so hard to control everything that goes on, why don't they feel safe enough that they will let you know let go just a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how can I, how can I help them feel safe? Right. Yes, those are the, those those are the are best the questions. The questions you've got to ask because, and it's not it's not meant to condemn, right? I mean, we have we go through lots of periods where our kids are uber controlling, and we get really frustrated, and then we go, okay, wait, what is going on? And then. As soon as we start to think about it, we realize that it's the end of a school year and mm. everything's different. It's the, you know, start of a new school year. It's there's certain things that trigger our kids getting this extra controlling, right? And becoming, you know, like, oh, I have to I have to manage everything because they don't feel safe because they don't have a plan. There's an unknown ahead of them, mm-hmm. right? And so for a lot of our kids, they're, they're living in that constant state of fear. But some of our kids that have been home for a while, we get into a good pattern of, of they're not being super controlling. And then all of a sudden it bumps up and we think, what is going on with you? Why are you acting like this? Yeah. And then we realize it's, there's something that's not making them feel safe. So they're grabbing onto the reins and trying to take that control back. Well, I mean, we've had um, a lot of thunderstorms here this spring here in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, it seems like more than we had in the last couple of years, but um, you know those are scary to 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 people who have trauma histories. They're scary to people. Like when we first moved here, I remember our first spring in Dallas, Fort Worth. We arrived on the fifteenth of um, April in nineteen. 19- like when you moved from South Africa. Yes, in nineteen ninety four, and uh, and I remember just being woken up in the middle of the night by these these storms, and the the, the thunder was just above the house, and it was shaking the, the the house and I was just laying there terrified because I thought that we were going to just die. It was the end of the world. And so I remember being afraid of these storms. And so now I got, I have kids and we have a dog who we need to get like a, a weighted vest for, for, for storms. Or <laughs> they something. make those. I they do. We have one for our pooch and it works great. Yeah. Cause I man, the other night I thought oh to myself, gosh. we need to get one of those for him because he really gets distressed in the storms. Yeah. And, and he's trying to be an emotional support animal for our distressed kids. And he is just, he's, he's just hanging on and doing the best he can. He's barely making it himself. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then all of a sudden the, the, the anxiety and the house gets amped up during the storms. Yep. And then everything has to be done their way in the storms. And it's just purely a reminder once again, because they don't feel safe in the storms. Yeah. It's kind of funny that um, this week that we're recording this episode, we've had two nights of storms, but they were broken up by a day in between. Mm -hmm. And the second night didn't sound from the lightning and the thunder as bad as the first night. And I was early convinced that the first night I was going to have a kid sleeping on my floor next to my bed. We did. Because, well, I, two I, of them. Because, we had two. <laughs> because we have one who was always going to do that because, yeah. you know, and he didn't, but he came down the, the, the second, second night, night when it wasn't when you prepared. Bed. Right. So it's because I thought, oh, wow, he's, uh, he's regulating, right? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's getting himself get through it. it and. Yeah, not so much, but the, yeah. the great news. Some, some days it's a step forward, some days it's a step back or a yeah. step in the same 
place. So. Well, well, I, well, I, I think I would disagree with you that it's a step back. I think it's a step in a different direction because what you told me in that story is that when my son is distressed, he knows where to go yeah. to feel safe. Yeah. Which, which I think sometimes I know we did at first when the kids ended up knocking on our door and being in our bedroom during storms years ago. We were like, "Oh my gosh, I just want to sleep for the night." <laughs> right. Yeah. But what I realized now is that my children know where to seek comfort. They know where they feel safe. Yeah. Right? And just being by mom and dad makes them feel safe. Uh, a couple of nights ago, Kayla and I were working at the dining room table, and um, and one of our kids came down and was really distressed at bedtime and told us that they couldn't get to sleep. And so instead of going, go to bed, you're fine, that the parents typically do, right? I, we have this big, this really huge beanbag pillow downstairs. And I said, well, go get that. Get those, because, um, you know, um, she has some, some issues with noise, so she has her... Winchester gun range earmuffs that, yep. she's, that, she, sleeps in, yeah, that yep. she sleeps in. Um, and and she got her favorite, you know, little little stuffy, as they call them around here, her stuffed animal. And we built her a little bed, a little fort underneath the dining room table, which luckily we can because it seats 10 people. Uh, so it's it's long. And so um, she fell asleep, right asleep underneath the table, mm. which is one of the, the things that we've learned over the years that, that feeling safe is so important. Um, but, you can battle with your child and their anxiety is not going to go away. Yeah. And the problem with battling with your child is their anxiety doesn't go away and they feel alone. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like they feel like you're not there for them, which is a super, super uh, damaging thing to do because it really hampers your ability, uh, hinders your ability to connect in a relationship. Move forward. Actually, that's the thing that makes you take a step back. Right. So whether they took a step back or forward or sideways in the thunderstorm, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that he, he knows where to feel safe and where to go when he needs comforting. And I think that is a really great relationship indicator. Yeah. And the thing with the thunderstorm, you know, fear, that's something that you see across the spectrum of your children, right? Your bio right. kids have the same fear. It, it's, right. it's an instinctual, you know, maybe evolutionary thing yeah. in humans, right? It's scary to hear the thunder and have the lightning flash right. when it's supposed to be dark outside right. and quiet, right? And then That's all of a sudden it's loud and right. bright lights. And, yeah. and so, you know, I, I think that's one of those areas where, you know, we, we hear a lot from, from parents who struggle sometimes getting into connected parenting when that wasn't the way they parented, you know, maybe bio kids that were already in their home before they started on the foster or adoption journey. Right. And they're, they're having to, you know, change change paths yeah totally different way of parenting right right but you kind of find out if you look at the thunderstorm example that you're probably doing more connecting with your bio kid in, in that regard because when it manifests itself they're so young you know yeah yes you might get exasperated but you're a lot less likely to you know tell a three-year-old to just suck it up and deal with it <laughs> than you might if they were say 10 right right and so that's why i think that uh yeah, the thunderstorm thing is—it's uh, kind of universal. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, terms of in terms of the fear and felt safety, so many kids are afraid of that, right? And yeah. So it's a it's a good one that you can look at. But I mean, we've had kids that were afraid during the night that didn't have that connection with us, mm. and they would like, or they they would get sick during the night, mm. and we'd wake up the next morning and find out that they had thrown up multiple times during the night, or they'd gotten sick during the night. And they never came and found us Ugh. because they didn't find us to be that safe place. And mm. I was like, I was heartbroken by that because I was like, 
come get me. That's what I'm here for, right? Yeah, Jeez. that's Mommy my... likes cleaning up puke at 3.30. <laughs> no, mommy does not like cleaning up puke ever, but I want to be there to comfort you. But they didn't feel like that was a safe place that they could come and knock on our door and yeah. come get us at that point, right? And it's like, so when you said that, I was like, yeah, that's true. Because over the years, those kids that wouldn't come seek us out have gotten to that place where they will seek us out if they need us during the night. Now, they're not the same kids that, you know, are at our door, you know, three nights a week. Um, but they will when they need us. They will seek us out because they do feel safe um, or safer, I should well, say. Well, yeah, for, so, for, so for me, um, when they knock on the door at 2.30 a.m., because I remember for, for months it was like clockwork. Every night, 2.30 a.m., somebody would knock on our door. And that used to frustrate me um, a great deal because I was like, I just, you know, I don't need a lot of sleep. I just need uninterrupted sleep. And uh, until until my mind said change, you go, no, here is the child that's afraid and they have identified our room as a safe place. They, We are safe people. It's where they go for comfort. And my, my anxiety and annoyance, let's just be honest, uh, annoyance at them knocking on the door when they do it now has changed because I'm like, um, this is a real privilege to be somebody's safe place. It's a real privilege. Right. And it's not going to be that privilege forever because they will, you know, as the kids have gotten older, the older kids don't knock on the door, it's just the younger kids now. Um, and then one day they'll they'll move out, they'll go to college, they'll, you know, just li- life happens. And, and then, you know, w- well, we'll... They'll transfer we'll, that, right? I mean, they, they no longer have to have somebody to make them feel safe. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say that at that point, you and I will will lay there in bed and and talk about how we wish the kids were still knocking on the door, yeah. you know, and that's that's what happens. And or so maybe we'll just enjoy the sleep. I don't know. I'm, I'm no, thinking it might. Be I better. know who you are. I know who I am. And another conversation we're going to have. And so my attitude just really just embrace embrace this this privilege now that that we get to help little people feel safe and secure and loved and wanted and attached. Um, and so I just think that's part of the privilege of parenthood is helping kids feel safe. And that's why, you know, um, our, our company is called One Big Happy Home because everything that we do is to try to make the home a happy place for all the people who live there, whether that be this podcast, whether it be the, the children's ministry training or any of those kinds of things. Um, that's what we want for our home. And that's, we thought, well, if we want it for our home, maybe we can want it for other people's homes too. Well, and that's what, you know, one of the, my favorite things that I remember hearing Dr. Parvis say is somebody asked her, how do you know when it's working? And it's like when the joy returns, Mm. right? When there's laughter, when it is a happy home, right? And you're like, oh, that's how you know things are working is when the joy returns. And when you see laughter, when you're able to laugh together and have fun together and all those things. And so, you know, I think it's also important to, to, to just say again that a lot of these things happen in our home because we have made some adult decisions, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to let the children, it bother me that somebody knocks at my door at 2.30 a.m. I'm rather just going to embrace the privilege of getting to be her safe place or his safe place. Yeah. yeah. I find I'm a lot less grumpy about it once yeah. we make those decisions outside of the moment. Like right now, there are two little girls sleeping in our bed. Yeah. Because it was easier to get them to sleep laying in mommy and daddy's bed than it was laying in their own beds. And we'll go to bed, we'll transfer them to their beds, and it'll be fine. But 
you know, Darren, Darren Jones says one of my favorite things, and, and I'm paraphrasing Darren here. So if if you have a more accurate, um, ver- if you have more accuracy in this, please please share it. But but he basically says I will never battle for two hours over something that can be solved in two minutes. Yeah. You know, and so yes, do the children need to sleep in their bed? Absolutely. Are they going to sleep in their bed? Are they going to wake up in their beds tomorrow? Absolutely. But can they fall asleep in my bed while I'm not using it? That's the third absolutely in the row because it helps them feel safe. Well, and I think there's so many other things too that our kids don't feel safe about that we don't think about as safety, right? Like, so it's easy to think about like a storm and, you know, our kids are worried about tornadoes coming and, and those kinds of things that like physical safety, but sometimes our kids don't feel safe around food, right? They don't feel like... Like food is going to be available all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like um, they're going to have all that they need. They're going to get everything that they need. And so we have these battles over food when it's a felt safety issue too, right? Yeah. I mean, I know we've shared this before, but one of our kiddos came and needed to eat like every 30 minutes. Mm. And because that kiddo needed to know that food was available whenever. Yeah. And if I didn't understand that that was a felt safe, clearly he did not need something to eat every 30 yeah. minutes, right? His body did physically, not need something physically, yeah. yes. But it made him feel safe to know that there was food every 30 minutes. And I wasn't like, you know, setting a timer every 30 minutes and giving him something to eat. But that was just like, I would look at the clock and be like, yep, here you go. Here's an <laughs> apple. Sure. Here's a banana. Yep. You want a carrot? Sure. How about a cucumber? I mean, the same kid will still eat like an entire cucumber, just like cut the ends off of it and eat it. Like <laughs> just hold it and eat the cucumber. Like doesn't care. And like it, it was pickle at the fair. Yeah. And yeah. It, it didn't have to be anything in particular. Mm. It was just a need to know that food was available mm. anytime. And there's, there's been moments since then where we'll have those where it seems like it's constant again, where it's just like, but usually when we look at what something's going on, there's some kind of a, you know, something's different. Maybe we have a house guest or maybe we mm-hmm. have, you know, something has changed and now all of a sudden we need to eat more often, right? Or we're, we're stealing food or we're hiding food or but it's usually connected to some some event, right? Because we've gotten to that place of felt safety for the most part. Yeah. But even, you know, when we had dinner tonight, we had pizza. And it was like cramming pizza because I was he, he was afraid he wasn't going to get as many pieces as he wanted, mm. right? He decided how many pieces. And as kids would take them, I could see him. He was just like putting extras. And I said, buddy, just one at a time. You're, it's going to be okay. There's plenty. I ordered plenty of pizza, I promise. But he was still, and I don't know what was causing that tonight, yeah. right? Because it's not every meal. And maybe it was just because we don't eat pizza a lot. And mm. so it was kind of a treat thing. Well, I think it may not, sometimes it may not be obvious to him. So I wasn't home for dinner tonight. Yeah. It could, it could be that. It yeah. could be yeah. that the, the dinner had a different different dynamic. And so well, that and it, had been a, him. it was kind of a rough day for all of us anyways. So that might've been it too, just that we had a kind of a, just not a great day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking, you know, when we travel, um, we, um, so, so we try not to travel, you know, we made some commitments on, on to limiting our travel. We also made some decisions about sometimes we traveled separately instead of together because that had become unsettling for the children. Well, we're at a better place with that now. 
and 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 we have this this babysitter uh, her name's Katie and I think Katie needs to get some props because <laughs> she's what 23 years old yeah and has been our babysitter since she was about what 17 or so <laughs> and just has done an amazing job with the kids and the kids feel really connected to her and uh, going from, do you have to go to, um, Oh, Miss Katie's here. Can you leave? Uh, you know, uh, is which, it time for your flight? Which is really, really great. But, but recently, um, we went somewhere and, um, part of that was then, um, Katie couldn't do all of it. And so part of it was with kids divided amongst grandparents and, and, and the reentry was more difficult because it wasn't that they don't love their grandparents. Uh, it wasn't that they didn't get to stay up late, watch movies. We don't let them watch and eat all the sugar they wanted at their grandparents. <laughs> you, you, out, people listening, you know, your kids have grandparents. Um, they didn't, it wasn't that. It was um, It was the departure from the routine was unsettling. Mm. And so yeah. our re-entry with a couple of our kiddos was more difficult. And we honestly like thought, okay, you know, Katie's great, but I mean, Katie's not grandma. Yeah. And, right? And so- my mom and Kayla's mom both live locally, and um, and so they were with the grandparents, and it was unsettling. And so it was a really great reminder to us that even even a good thing that every you know, I just love going to my grandparents. Oh, no, the kids yeah. love going to the grandparents. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, but even a good thing, yeah, um, can be processed as a bad thing if they don't feel safe in that good thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, we talked about the, you know, we talked about empathy in a previous episode. Um, we do these good things for our children and then they react. And so it's not just that, that the child did something and their behavior was, was, was negative. It's that their behavior was negative in response to the fact that, um, that, that you did this great thing. You saved the money, you took them out to Orlando, to that magical kingdom that's out there. And you just thought they were going to have a great time and you just saw nothing but dysregulation and, um, and, and, and negative behaviors. And you think to yourself, well, I mean, let's we think about it logically. It's a strange place. There's a lots of people, though. The diet's different. The routine's different. There's more you know, sugared up treats and stuff when you go to those places. There's lots of thralls and things. So it is a little bit of a difficult place for our kids. And then we start harboring resentment because, um, we had to save our money. We had to do whatever. We had to you know, run up the credit cards, whatever you did to get to Disney. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, you're mad at the kids and you didn't think at all that, oh my gosh, I put them in an environment that I thought was so great, but they felt completely unsafe in. Yeah. And it was threatening to them. And people who are in survival mode, that's where you live when you are unsafe, when you don't feel safe. Right. Uh, they act in predictable ways. Yeah. Um, but we, for the longest time, would just be like, but Disney, yeah. you know, right. uh, and the so happiest place on earth, right? Right, but 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 in my experience, it hasn't always been the happiest place on earth when we've been, yeah. um, because it's hard. Like like, I mean, if we had another hour to kill you, we could talk about why I struggle at places like that, right? <laughs> I mean, and if and if I struggle at places like that, and and I'm, you know, I had adverse childhood experiences, not necessarily the stuff that we might check on the super trauma box. Um, I can only imagine how terrifying places like that with the large crowds, the noises and the everything. constant noise. Yeah, the, everything yeah. that goes along with it. Um, it's why when, you know, those kinds of places have parades and fireworks shows, some of my children are like, oh, and some of them are hiding, covering their ears. Yeah. Yeah. Because good things can sometimes be perceived as bad if the child doesn't feel safe in the midst of that good thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's good. Well, I think that's as good of a place to wrap uh, this episode up as any. Thank you, Ryan, for uh, that. You're welcome, Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) It was very formal, Chris. We've done almost 100 of these things together, and I just got the formal (laughs) wrap-up. thank you, good sir. Well, I like to mix it up every now and then. Well, I I do declare that you did a mighty fine job on that point there, Master North. (laughs) And thank you, Lady Kayla, for being on tonight. Why, of course. (laughs) It was our pleasure. See, I thought I would play into your Downton Abbey. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, that I missed, what it was. I missed that. Desires that there, so that's good. my bad. I missed that. <laughs> I like it. If you would like to annoy me with your Downton Abbey, uh, <laughs> please do. <laughs> I should very much think that you want to. <laughs> I should very much think so. Yes. You can post that in the Facebook group all you want. Search for the Empowered Parent Podcast Community. And you can do so to your heart's content. Um, <laughs> you, could also, you could also send those to us uh, at info at onebighappyhome.com. You know, Downton Abbey related items or, you know, something actually from tonight's episode. <laughs> Actual parenting questions <laughs> right. or something. How do I make help my kids feel safe? Not, which is your favorite season of the original <laughs> run of Downton? Oh, that's Who is your favorite character that's died? <laughs> That's a hard one. Lots of them die. <laughs> See, I think in this regard, uh, there you, there might be a Venn diagram overlap of games of Game of Thrones viewers and Downton Abbey viewers because they both have this one little tidbit of your favorite character is going to die um, thing to at some point. Yeah, you know, what what empowered parent big fat geek podcast crossover <laughs> episode? <laughs> That's something we could do. I'm sure Nathan would be on board with that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> If you could be really concise, which I'm sure certain Downton Abbey residents would be thrilled for you to be so. Because they had to handwrite everything. Yes. They didn't have time for your wordy texting and tweeting. Correct. <laughs> but if you could squeeze into 200 characters, you can tweet it to us at One Big Happy Home. That's right. We're still awaiting those tweet questions. So please help us out. You could also subscribe to the podcast uh, in iTunes, on the Google Play Store, and we are on Spotify as well. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our show, we would appreciate reviews in any of these locations. Uh, You can even do so in a Downton Abbey uh, accent if you so choose. (laughs) I should very much think that I enjoy, very much enjoy the Empowered Parent Podcast. Do they record these or do you have to like type it in an Mm -hmm. accent? Because I'm not sure I would know how to do that. Well, I mean, I I guess you could just say I should very much think so. There you go. Okay. Yes, okay. you should use uh, the the uh, Downton vernacular. Oh, there yes. you go. Ooh, vernacular. That's a good word. Another good word tonight. Thank you. So. <laughs> Rabbit trail. <laughs> That's the longest sign-off we've ever had. <laughs> it really is. I should very much think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well played, Christopher Turner. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>